0: For our next piece, San Francisco based creative phenomenon Scott Kravitz takes the Snap Live stage in front of an amazing audience. Scott tells us the story of how he walked in someone else's shoes. I I, I stole something from a homeless person. Uh, One day I I walked outside of my apartment and there was a dog just sitting there in my driveway. Uh, I could tell the dog was sick, but there was nobody around and the dog didn't have a collar. So I just put her in my car and dropped her off at the animal shelter. And a week later they called me to say that nobody had claimed the dog and she was too sick to put up for adoption. So they were gonna euthanize her that afternoon. Now, I I didn't want that on my conscience, but I knew that I couldn't take her because my apartment didn't allow dogs, and even if it did, I I just didn't want that responsibility. Um, So, uh, uh, but nevertheless, at uh, 5 o'clock, I was uh, back at the animal shelter picking up the dog. Um, And my plan at the time was to sneak her into my apartment, nurse her back to health, and then find her a home as quickly as possible. And I really didn't want to get attached to this dog, so I purposely didn't name her. Um, but then one day we were walking and this homeless guy started yelling, Anne, Anne. And that's when I discovered that not only was her name Ann, but uh, she had been raised on the streets and knew all the homeless people. And suddenly I was cool with all the panhandlers. And, <laughs> and, and it was like Hate Street had become this giant filthy nightclub. And I, and I was dating this girl who knew everyone that worked there. Um, but the, uh, the turning point came when I met the ex. Uh, she was a 16-year-old runaway named Sheila. And she came up and hugged Ann and thanked me for taking care of her and started to take her back. And when I asked her where she had been, she said, you know, the Presidio, like, that's the place where homeless people like to summer. Um, and when I asked her why she hadn't been looking for Anne, why, why she hadn't gone to the shelter, uh, she said she just figured someone else was watching the dog. And that's when I kind of snapped. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience when all your politics get in a cage fight with your better judgment. Uh, I mean I mean, Sheila was clearly the dog 's owner, and it wasn 't for me to tell her how to live, but legally, the dog belonged to me. Um, I had adopted her just minutes before a death that Sheila did nothing to prevent. Uh, plus, I knew if I gave Anne back, then her life expectancy was pretty short so I finally told Sheila that she could have Ann back if she could get herself in a stable situation where she could keep a dog. I even offered to let her use my apartment, my, um, my bathroom, my, my phone, my computer, anything except live there, if it would help her find a place. Sheila made a counter-proposal, uh, which was essentially that we have a duel. Um, she, uh, she and I would stand about, about 20 feet apart with Ann in the middle, and then we would each call to the dog, and whomever Ann ran to would be her owner. But I felt that the, the possible gain in legitimacy wasn't worth the risk of losing the dog, and I turned her down. Uh, plus, I didn't know what sort of secret street treat she might have to entice the dog. I mean, Ann Anne was still very much part of that world. Um, uh, in, sometimes I'd even, you know, when nobody was looking, I'd even lay down on the sidewalk myself just to see how happy it made her. <laughs> um, so, so, over the next month, uh, I found I was really falling for this dog. I mean, she was smart and affectionate, and having grown up on the street, she wasn't freaked out by strange people or commotion. She was the perfect dog. And ironically, the more attached I grew to Anne, the more empathy I had for Sheila. Uh, But then one day, my brother called to say he had finally found a woman in LA who would take the dog. So that weekend, I drove Ann down to LA and dropped her off at this woman's house. But the moment I got back in my car, I just started crying. Um, I kept thinking about a, a friend of mine who had gotten married really young. She said that she wishes she had met her husband later in life, so that she could have experienced more life as a single adult. But she knew that if she waited until she was ready to get married, uh, somebody as perfect as her husband wouldn't have been around. I knew that I wasn't ready for a dog, but I felt that when I was ready for a dog, I wanted it to be Anne. And then I suddenly turned the car around and raced back to this woman's house to beg for Anne back. And a few minutes later, I was standing on her doorstep getting a lecture about how unfair I was being, because uh, the woman's cat had just accepted Anne, and, and the cat would be very upset if Anne left, um, but eventually I wore her down and got Anne back. Um, so now I had basically stolen the dog from two women and a cat, um, and on top of that I had to find a new place to live, so I bought a house. Um, and as I was packing up my things to move out of my apartment, I got a phone call from Sheila. Uh, she said that she and some friends were going to travel around the country in a camper so she could finally have Ann back. And I said no. And that was it. Now, I was the homeowner denying the homeless. I felt like I had become the man to whom I'd always wanted to stick it. Um, <laughs> You you know, there are some stories that we we tell so often they become a routine. This isn't one of those. Um, Instead, I gradually worked up a story that was very sweet and heroic and absolutely true, despite the fact that it made no mention of Sheila. And I told that story so many times that I'd almost allowed myself to forget about this part of it. I mean, it it happened 11 years ago, and I got a house and a great dog as a result. And I haven't seen Sheila around in years, which is good, because I hope that she's doing well. I hope that she's healthy and living in safety and comfort. But I'm still keeping the dog. (laughs) Thanks. Big thanks to animator, writer, performer, filmmaker, Scott Kravitz. The original score for that piece was composed and performed in real time on stage by Alex Mendel and the Snap Judgment players David Brandt and Tim Freck.